Welcome to Love and Money, the internet television show of Prosperity ULLC, where we discuss what's happening, what's happening to us, and what can we do about it. Now available on Spotify. In this episode, we will discuss Trump versus the FBI and P Valley. Join our new Patreon to receive free merchandise, books, and consultation from Prosperity ULLC. And if you appreciate the show, go ahead and show it in Cash App at dollar sign Prosperity ULLC. But before we go in, let's take a moment to invest in the brand. Join Kev Prosper as he beats up the bad guys, slays the dragon, and saves the princess. Prosperity Gaming is the new channel of Prosperity ULLC. Watch, follow, subscribe to Prosperity Gaming with Kev Prosper. Welcome to our temperature check segment where we discuss current events. FBI agents confiscate nearly 20 boxes of classified documents from Donald Trump's home. Uh, FBI removed 11 sets of classified docs in Trump's uh, Mar-a-Lago raid. Law enforcement is investigating former President Donald Trump for removal of destruction of records, obstruction of an investigation, and violating the Espionage Act. According to the search warrant, the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago that took place on Monday, um, a federal judge unsealed the search warrant uh, for Trump's residence, as well as other related documents on Friday afternoon. The Justice Department revealed earlier on Friday that Trump's lawyers would not object the documents' release. Meanwhile, a list of items removed from the property shows the FBI recovered 11 sets of classified documents during the search, including some top secret documents that should only have been available in special government facilities. FBI agents recovered one set of documents that were labeled various classified TS-SCI documents, meaning the documents included top secret or sensitive compartmented information. That's the acronym TS and SCI. Uh, the list also included four sets of top secret documents, three sets of secret documents, and three sets of confidential documents. The list did not offer any details about the substance of the documents. Uh, the list, which was included in, in a seven-page document that in, featured the warrant uh, to search the premises, reveals that FBI agents took roughly 20 boxes of items binders of photos, a handwritten note, and the executive grant of clemency for Roger Stone, as well as information about the president of France. Wow. So you would think that something this high profile and this, you know, classified and confidential is pretty much like, yeah, I mean, he's the president. He has access to all of these things, but for him to take it home with him when, <laughs> when the show is over. Yeah, that's he took it to another level right there. Um, and then, you know, people talk about how, you know, uh, Trump has the judicial system in his back pocket. You know what I'm saying? All of these judges, all of these non-elected appointed judges who are appointed for life are in his back pocket. Um, but there's only so much your money can buy. There's only so much your bigotry can buy. You know what I mean? Um, the law is the law and the law is sacred. You know what I'm saying? And, and so, you know, um, you can only get away with so much, but for so long. 
you know um you know he's a, he's a real estate tycoon you know uh, um i give him credit on that he's a business tycoon i give him credit on that you know what i mean like like when it come when it comes to business and hey if you see something share something don't be afraid share this episode subscribe like and share thank you and, and money and real estate everything he says to me is gospel but outside of that like you can't apply you know you can't apply that those rules to the, to, to a different game you know what i mean uh, uh, um and so so yeah there's only so much your money can buy there's only really so much your money can buy and you you're stupid to think that you're above the law even if you were the president so 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 now how does this affect going forward we all know that he's going to run again. he well i didn't say he's going to run again he wants to run again that's just the way he him being him the way he is he wants to run again you know what i mean so so my thing is you know uh, uh you know how is this gonna affect him you know what i'm saying the whole like like you know the I'm pretty sure most of the people in my sphere of influence who are listening to my voice right now do not want to see him run again or get reelected. You know what I'm saying? So this is something like this would be in our favor. Uh, but is he going to buy his way out of this? Is he is he going to avoid this? Like because he's been avoiding a lot. He's been sweeping a lot under the table since he ever since since he got in office. You know what I'm saying? I mean, since before he got in office. He's been brushing off a lot. And, um, you know, to have him out here looking Teflon, you know what I'm saying, is a great disservice to, to you know, to, to what we stand for. You know, he's making a mockery out of democracy. And he's saying that democracy can be bought, you know. And I think there are people in Capitol Hill, there are people in, in uh, these, these government agencies who, who want justice. They don't just want to see him brought down. They don't want to see him fall. It's it's not about that. They just want justice and they don't want people making a mockery of democracy. Um, um, I said a mockery of democracy? No, no, a mockery of democracy. Yes. <laughs> you know, so, um, so let, let's, let's hope we, I hope we see this through. You know what I'm saying? I hope um, people take his hands out of their pockets, you know what I'm saying, and they do their jobs, and we can have, and, and we can avoid uh, uh, the the natural corruption that he's inclined towards. You know what I'm saying? Um, money, money can't buy everything. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. That's right, it's time for the internet to internet. Get your popcorn ready, sit back, relax, and enjoy. If you'd like to watch the internet internet, click the link in the description. Visit prosperunlimited.com and click travel to book your next vacation.
Do that freaky shit and wanna be. Shitty with that butter shit that that bone feed. Did you dip it? Did you double juice that that bone thing? Flicky flicky with some butter shit that that bone thing. If you cheeky chatter chatter, get her own cheese. If you chicken with that head or this or that won't be with the official with that with that whole skis. Let these niggas have the wish that with that long. I got racks 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 at ATM jam. Tell me what you wanna do. I got racks 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 at ATM jam. Tell me what you wanna do. You a badass bitch, a badass bitch. I don't get swallowed in that fat ass bitch. I got racks 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 at ATM jam. Tell me what you wanna do. I got racks 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 at ATM jam. Tell me what you wanna do. Welcome to our main course segment where we discuss life and love. Um, this main course segment is discussing life, but more so it's more of a big up. Um, I want to I want to give this segment I want to give this uh, segment time to uh, kudos and flowers to the show uh, P Valley, and I want to recap the second season and just give my opinions on the show uh, um, in general too. You know what I mean? Uh, I really I really like this show. I ain't gonna say I love it. I'm not crazy about it. Well, I am hooked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the the, the first season, the, not just the first season, the first few episodes got me hooked. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a it's a perfect recipe. It's like a, per, a perfect storm, almost. But let me let me go in. Um, uh, let me first. I'm gonna you know just talk about some of the key characters, the marquee characters on the show. And um, and then just give my opinion on the show in general. So first we have the uh, main protagonist, which which is Uncle Clifford. Um, I'm curious as to know the background on starting the show. You know, like what was the what was the pitch like for the script? What was the you know um, you know like who backed it? Who okay? Who gave? Who greenlit it? You know what I'm saying? Like like I'm I'm curious to know that history. Because this show is kind of this. This show is very much a unicorn, um, as far as uh, um, entertainment goes. You know what I'm saying? You have these. Uh, you you have previous. Uh, pre, pre, I won't say predominantly black or previous shows that you know market to a black audience. You know what I'm saying? And and, and you know they've they've you know they've been like legendary. You know what I'm saying? Shows like The Wire and so on and so forth. You know, these shows have been legendary and they stuck with us and fans watch these shows over and over again. And I, and how do I know this? Because I'm one of those fans who watch those shows over and over again. I'm talking about seasons one, three, uh, uh, one, three, four, and five uh, of The Wire. If you know, you know. Wire fans, holla at me. Um... And shows like this, they come along like once in a lifetime. Lovecraft Country, you know what I'm saying? I'm definitely, I definitely want to watch that show again. Uh, Lovecraft Country is legendary, you know what I'm saying? Uh, um, that show, that all it needed was one season. It was a masterpiece. It was, it was beautiful. So, so shows, you know, the 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 black, you know, black entertainment is so obscure in the grand scheme mainstream of things. You know that when a when a black show comes along that's good, it's great. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like that kind of potency, that that uh, potency for for uh, for scarcity, that potent potency of scarcity. You know, if there's a little bit, if it's good, it's gonna be great. You know what I mean? And I kind of like that. I like that about black entertainment. You know what I'm saying? I like that we get those diamonds in the rough. That just you know, feed our souls 
so and tell our story. Everybody wants their story told, but I'm 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 rambling. Let me let me get back to the uh, what I was going to talk about. So Uncle Clifford, the main protagonist, um, he this season he was battling with Autumn over over his club. You know what I'm saying? They dragged certain storylines. I felt like they dragged out, but they drag it for a reason. You know what I'm saying? It, it, they drag it. It's like a drag slash buildup. You know what I'm saying? They're not like, it's like flatline, 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 spike. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they drag certain storylines out and you're like, okay, we, we know that. Why do you keep reiterating it? Why do you keep reiterating it? Why do you keep reiterating it? Oh, that's what it's about. You know what I'm saying? So they build you, they, they, they drag you out to build you up. You know what I mean? Um, and so he kept bat all season long. He was battling with Autumn over the club, arguing with her, like you know, why are you trying to sell my club? Why are you trying to sell my club? And yeah, and and you know, but there was a reason that he was battling with her for it. Um, he was trying to protect his legacy, and that was something that no, like you know, the audience that was a mystery to the audience. You know what I'm saying? And I had no clue that his grandmother uh, um, was involved with the club you know what i'm saying like that that was unraveled um it he had a whole legacy from his grandma like like from his you know great grandfather and so on and so forth his whole family uh ran that club you know and and that's something you don't really see too often in the black community it, uh, you know us being the descendants of slaves um you know we're not accustomed to ownership of things, you know what I'm saying? On a on a on a uh, common scale, it's not necessarily common or widespread in our community, and for that, and then so we're not necessarily too familiar with legacy. Remember, our legacy was stripped from us when our ancestors came to this country. Not the ancestors that were already here. <laughs> Do your Googles. It's not going to be in the textbooks. Um, the ancestors that were brought here, not the ancestors that were already here the black people that were already in America. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't want to go left. But, you know, the concept of legacy is so foreign to a lot of black people and we don't understand it. And so the only legacy we understand is money. You know what I'm saying? And that I think that was the battle that was juxtaposed with uh, Uncle Clifford in Autumn. You know what I'm saying? All she cared about was the, was the money and all he cared about was the legacy. You know what I'm saying? And, she, and and it was a constant reiteration. I just want to sell the club. I want to sell the club. I want to sell the club. And he's like, and, and he was like, you know, uh, uh, you know, I want my legacy. I want to preserve my legacy. I want to preserve my legacy. And, and, you know, I think that was important for black people to pick up on, you know. Um, he, 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 was, he was constantly pushing away Lil Murder. And this, this relationship... Um, the peculiarity of this relationship I'm going to talk about later on. But he was constantly pushing away Little Murder. And uh, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, there's people who are down low and there's people who who don't really have much of a choice but to be down low. You know, um, it's it's kind of similar to, to, you know, a, a cheating wife. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or... or or you know, some someone of importance and prominence dating someone you know who is uncouth, so, uh, so to speak. Or, or you know, it's like it's 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 kind of you, you, it's kind of like a Romeo and Juliet. 
you know, if you know the Romeo and Juliet story, the classical story, you know, um, it was these two two young lovers who were dating each other uh, from who came from warring families. Uh, um, and they were dating each other and they shouldn't have been dating each other. They, they, they should be uh, mortal enemies, but they were in love. They were madly in love. And I don't want to spoil that story for those of you who, who've never heard or read or done research. Um, but he, he pushed, he, he, he kept pushing him away. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know if you've ever known what it's like to love someone and be pushed away, but it's a painful feeling. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, the person loves you, you know, they love you and you know, you know, under any, in a perfect world, they would be with you through thick and thin, but they, but because of society, because of the outside, because of the external, they can't. And that hurts, that kills your soul. You know what I'm saying? To, to love and not be able to love, it kills your fucking soul. And, um, and, and yeah, that was, that was kind of the, the, uh, the plank that their relationship was walking on, you know, um, Keyshawn, Keyshawn, Keyshawn. Mm, mm. I'm pretty sure a lot of the audience saw themselves in Keyshawn. If you've been in an abusive relationship to some degree and what, what kind of, uh, what opened the eyes of this story, um, was that it was an abusive interracial relationship. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Um, the man, you know, the, the man wasn't racist uh, or I guess he was raised in a racist environment because there were some racist things that he did say to her. Um, but he, he didn't really he wasn't really necessarily racist towards her. I think I think it's it's very hard to be racist if you, <laughs> you're sleeping with and, and uh, if you're laying up with and having kids with a black person. It's, it's just hard to be. Uh, or not a black person, but a person that you're supposed to be racist towards. I, th- I don't. Let, let's get. Let's air that out. You know, black people do not have a proprietorship on on uh, racism victimhood. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, please. Um, but yeah. But um. But his, you know, his abusiveness is deep rooted, and it's coming. It's from his upbringing. You know what I'm saying? Um. And sometimes uh, some people are just damaged. Hurt people hurt people, but damaged people are just damaged. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, I think that was the crux of, of that relationship, you know? And I think and there are a lot of women who are familiar with trying to get away and this man holding on to her ass, you know? Um, you can call it narcissism. There's, you know, there's many things to call it, but... You know, a lot of time, but if you love someone, you, you want to hold on to them. You want to keep them around, but to forcefully keep them around, like to go as far as stealing, taking the battery out of the car, you know, uh, um, and then to do what he did in the season finale. You know what I'm saying? I don't I, like I don't, I should have given a spoiler warning. <clears throat> I should have gave a spoiler warning, but, you know, spoilers, you know, um, but to, to try to get the authority, to try to spin it and gaslight it and get the author and turn the authorities against her. Like that was like that. That was a whole nother level of narcissism. You know what I'm saying? But um, but this is what you know, this is what narcissists do when they're afraid. You know what I'm saying? They will they will slit their mother's throat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just that uh, it's just that real. Uh, Keyshawn was ba- balancing stardom with her domestic abuse. Um, 
you saw this girl who was just on top of the world. Like in the beginning of the season of season two, she was on top of the world. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, she goes on this tour and everything comes crashing down. And it's like, damn, you know, like it's like it, it's, it's th her personal life was an Achilles heel to her occupational life. And if you, and I don't know what your life has been like, but if you know, you know, that is a very frustrating thing where, you know, you can only go so far occupationally because of these people behind you in your personal life, fucking it up for you. You know what I'm saying? Or this people or the or this person. And you have you have these sentimental attachments, i.e. Your, your children that you got to look out for and care for. You know, and you just and deep down in your soul, you just want to fly away. Right. You know what I'm saying? And this girl, like she had the world at her fingertips and it all came crashing down because of because of so much was going on. And not just in her personal life, but in her occupational life as well. You know what I'm saying? She works in the sex industry and, the, the, you know, there's sex involved, whether it be consensual or not. OK, you get where I'm going. So. So, yeah, she had those hurdles to deal with. And she was a beautiful, beautiful girl. But she lived such an ugly life. But it was the only life she had and the only life she knew. And I'm, I'm pretty sure there are people out there who can relate and understand. So, um, beautiful story, beautiful narrative, beautiful narrative. Beautiful, it's, it, it's the uh, perfect, it's perfect ugliness. You know what I'm saying? You can put it in that, in that sense. So I like, like that, I'm, my heart, you know, goes out to that character especially in the season finale. Oh my God. Um, Lil Murder, you know what I'm saying? Um, forced to be on the down low because of, a, because of the world he lives in. You know, there are guys, you know, there are men, and I, I don't know, I was about to say I'm talking out of my ass, no pun intended. <laughs> we're gonna put that, we're gonna pause that right there. We're gonna put a pause on that. Uh, but uh, um, I would assume that there are guys who are down low um, because, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, they just, they just have to, they just feel like they have to be down low. And then there are people, there are men who are down low because they have to be, because they could probably risk their lives, risk, risk their safety. You know what I'm saying? And that's a serious thing. That's a serious thing. You know, we could talk about homosexuality all we want. You know what I'm saying? We could crack jokes on it, make a mockery of it, call call whatever name you want to call. But when you when you're living a when you're living a double life for your safety, that's a different kind of conversation. That's a different kind of conversation, and and, and many people many people can't relate to it. And um, I think this this was uh, this was Uncle Murder. This was uh, Uncle Murder. This was Little Murder's plight. You know what I'm saying? This was little. This was his plight. Um, he, he lived a gangster lifestyle um, and he was trying to get out of it. You know, he wanted to blow up as a rapper. You know what I'm saying? Like like many young black men in America, you know what I'm saying? Who lack education they and don't see who lack education and are not athletically inclined. They don't see many avenues to financial success for themselves other than drug dealing or rapping. You know what I'm saying? And that's a sad reality. That's that's a sad reality. To, uh, honestly. But this man battled with it for a long time, um, but it finally came to a head um, in this season. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
And I'm going to talk about the uh, the dynamic of their relationship later on uh, with, with him and Uncle Clifford. I'm going to talk about that later on. Um, but yeah, this was a man with a loving, loving heart. Like, like I like how they tried to, they, they didn't want to paint him as a monster as they, as, as they do most gangsters in television shows, you know, um, I think I, <clears throat> to my knowledge, the first re recollection of a homosexual gangster that I could think of, um, was Omar from the wire. Everybody knows Omar. We all afraid of Omar, right? <laughs> um, that's the first recollection and and um and he he kind of shook the world that character shook the world uh, um or he shook the audience like oh my god like he's he's homosexual but he's like he'll blow your head off you know what i'm saying like wow <laughs> um but he he was kind of painted like a monster almost you know what i'm saying like you he was someone to be feared period um, this was a character, like, you had fear for him, you, but it was more of a respect and adoration on top of that, because they showed him, they showed him to be very loving, not just loving in a romantic sense, but in a familial sense. We saw how he took care of Ernestine, you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 yeah, ga gangsters show love. Um, we saw his brotherly relationship with Teak, even though he was, you know, Teak was his lover, um, they did have very much a brotherhood, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, yeah, uh, <clears throat> but I want to, I want to get, I want to get, get more into, um, his character, uh, uh, later on Mercedes, the OG, the OG stripper, you know what I'm saying? I think every, <laughs> everybody, every, if you're in the stripper community, if you're in the sex industry community, um, I'm pretty sure everyone knows the OG. The OG that just don't know when to quit. You know what I'm saying? Like she got nothing else to go back to, nothing else to fall back on. She's she's built up such a reputation and such a such a, a repertoire to where she almost can't quit. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, at, at, when you first meet her, you want to be her, but then when you see her life unravel, you really don't. You really don't want to be. You don't want to be that OG chick. You know what I'm saying? Especially not in the sex industry that thrives on youth and vigor, you know what I'm saying? Um, obviously, you know, as you get older, you lose a lot of that youth and vigor, you know, and your, and your sexuality is, comp your sexual image is compromised and that kind of compromises your bottom line, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, so yeah, so OG, so, you know, Mercedes the OG, we saw a lot of that in her. And she she made moves to she she really tried to level up. Most OGs do that, you know. They try to level up their game and and, and repackage repackage their brand. You know what I'm saying? And or, or or you know enter into a different venue and a different avenue for their brand. And and that's that's you know that's smart business. That's just smart business. You know you don't have you know your your clientele has aged up and phased up with you. It's sort of like. Um, what Bell Biv DeVoe did when they left New Edition, you know what I'm saying? It was they was they were thinking to themselves like, "Yo, our, our fans ain't bubblegum no more." You know what I'm saying? Like they they having sex now. <laughs> we having sex now. You know what I'm saying? So so you know we need to sing about that, and then you and then, so you have songs like Poison, right? It's sort of the same similar situation with uh with with the Mercedes character. Um, this season. 
they they really arced out her character because this season she was learning how to be a mom, you know? Last season, she was trying to be a businesswoman and run a, a gym, a little... Uh, uh, or a, a dance theater or whatever. And th- we saw that whole battle between her and her mom. But now this season, she's, you know, she we saw not necessarily a battle, sort of, so to speak, but we saw her battling with motherhood, pretty much. And um, I don't want to spoil that for the uh, um, for the folks. But uh, but yeah, and I thought that was a very beautiful development. Um, but the thing, you know, that's the thing about being an OG. You know, a lot of times you, you have to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of times when you're an OG and you love what you do, um, you're the last to know that it's over. It's sort of like that that football player, you know what I'm saying? That old NFL player, you know, uh, uh, um, you know he 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 should he's a future Hall of Famer. He has all this acclaim and all this all this accolade, um, but he just doesn't know when to quit. You know what I'm saying? And it's not until that last day in training camp when um, he has those garbage bags in front of his locker. <laughs> after, after hey, if you see something, share something. Don't be afraid. Share this episode. Subscribe, like, and share. Thank you. After the last day of practice and he just doesn't realize it's over. You know what I mean? Um, sometimes when it's over, you last to know. And that hurts. That's painful. That's painful. Um, but uh, but she, she, I think she realized it at the end. Andre Watkins. Andre Watkins, the newly found, uh, the newfound politician. Um... I hated for I hated how things panned out for him in the end. Um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, but I I do think it was a beautiful development for uh, for him to carry on his uh, mentor's legacy. You know what I'm saying? I hated that the Isaiah Washington character died out. Um, no spoilers, but but um, but he did take up the mantle, and I. And I think that was important for his character development because he would have constantly overshadowed the Isaiah Washington character. You know what I mean? And so maybe maybe it was in the contract, you know, for hey, we're gonna Isaiah, you're gonna do this season, and then we're gonna keep Andre. We're gonna keep the Andre Watkins character for the next season and let him carry the mantle. I think that was, but um he had his own struggles. Um he had a cheating wife. And um, he uh, uh, he had an affair with Autumn, you know what I'm saying? But that affair led to become very businessy because uh, because then that kind of opened the door between uh, you know the cahoots between uh, him, Autumn, and Corbin. You know, I think Autumn wanted to open the wanted to sell the the sell the sell the strip club and turn it into a casino because I think the land that it was on. And Corbin, he wanted to f- fund. I think Corbin got a whole bunch of money too, and he wanted to fund the. Uh, he wanted to. He wanted to fund Andre Watkins's can- Watkins campaign, but also I think there was some plot of land. I think the plot of land near Corbin's plantation they were going to use for the casino. I think, and I don't know. I don't know. I got to uh that that story was so con- that that plot was so convoluted. It was something between the casino and the strip club, 
and you know Corbin's plot of land, and because because I think from all the way from last season, Corbin and Uncle Clifford were going back and forth too, and so that panned out in the end, and Corbin ended up you know getting a good a good plot of land, and that's gonna open up the caveat for season three. And I love I love how the writers didn't let each season stand alone. You had to watch season one to understand what's going on in season two. That's a beautiful thing. Um, but yeah, yeah. But the Andre Watkins character, I was really, I was really pleased with that story arc. They did keep it interesting. It's hard to keep a storyline of a, of a politician in interesting with a show about strippers. <laughs> and so, so towards the end, they kind of made, they kind of, you know, gelled everything together. It was, it was pretty cute. It was cute. It wasn't, it wasn't very realistic, but it was cute. You know what I'm saying? I appreciated it. Um, so now let me, let's talk about, you know, just the overarching show pl storyline plot in it, in and of itself. Um, there were rumors of Autumn's identity, because if you remember in season one, Autumn had a fake identity. You know what I'm saying? She had a, she had a fake identity because she was trying to avoid um, she was trying to avoid a murder or from an abusive relationship or something of that nature. I gotta rewatch season one, but um, there was rumors of Autumn. There, there was a new stripper uh, this season. There were two new strip two two new strippers new new characters they introduced was Risp Whisper and Roulette. It was like a, a, a little Cajun Creole country white girl and uh, and a really hood, super hood black girl. <laughs> and th these two girls were like thing one and thing two on the show. They were just mischievous as all get out. Um, but there were rumors, I've seen rumors on social media that Autumn's identity was stolen from Whisper. You know what I'm saying? Um, Whisper's character, there's still a lot of mystery behind her background, um, as well as Roulette, you know what I'm saying? But we, we kind of saw why they called her Roulette. Um, her, that actress, is uh, her name is Gail Bean. She also appeared in Snowfall. She's, <laughs> and I don't, think, I don't think a lot of her character is acting. I think she's really that crazy. <laughs> Not so much to do what that character did, but she's crazy enough to pull it off and make it convincing. You know what I'm saying? She's such a good actress. She's a really, really good actress. And she's very sexy. Um, but um, the roulette character, I like the, lust, the lustful relationship that she had between Duffy, the dope dealing white boy. Um, I, thought, I thought that was very sexy, you know? Um, and then the way they set up the, the robbery scene between uh, Whisper and Roulette and that trick, the guy that was just, you know, so, so enthralled with one, you know, uh, book, book Whisper's services, <laughs> so to speak, you know? And like I said, we learned why they call her Roulette, right? Um, the DJ girl, the DJ girl, she had, um, she had a love interest with Diamond and I, I thought that was completely pointless. Right, I didn't like like who is this girl? Where did she come from? Why is she so in love with Diamond? Right, um, and then and then and, oh, I'm so I feel so bad for Diamond. I feel so bad for Diamond. It's funny like he's the bouncer of the club and his name is Diamond. Like what? <laughs> That's how they throw you off, right? Um, 
But yeah, come to find out she yeah, she's up to something and I don't want to spoil that. Um the money reside guy. The money reside where the money reside, where the money reside, yeah. I saw that as well. Um that the, I thought that was cute. That was that was beautiful. Um he made a he made a little cameo appearance in the in the uh in the yeah, he made a little cameo appearance in one of the episodes, one of the first I think in the second episode or so. I don't know. I remember I remember I remember seeing him. I was like, Oh, look at him. He's doing well for himself. All right. Good for him. You know what I'm saying? This was a guy he he blew up off of, if you don't know the 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 money reside guy, he uh he was a car salesman and he did a he did a commercial, you know what I'm saying? And uh he blew up off of the the, the commercial went viral because he kept saying, you know, where the money reside, where the money reside. You could Google it, you could, you know, whatever. Um and and yeah. And so he went viral off of it and like, you know, people were just wondering like what he's been up to. Um, but one thing I always say, you never see a broke gay dude. <laughs> never. Because if you ain't chasing pussy, you chasing money. Okay, okay. So, uh, so yeah. This, uh, but like in closing, this has been a very roller coaster of a season and I loved it. I loved it. It was a roller coaster in the best of ways. Um, there was a lot of Moulin Rouge burlesque cabaret isk esque going on. Um, and I think that was the draw of the show. And, you know, you, it's hard, I guess, you know, the lead, the lead protagonist being a flamboyant, you know what I'm saying? Um, fe effeminate male, <laughs> you know, who, who dresses in drag, you know, you can't, you can't not have all of that Moulin Rouge burlesque cabaret going on, cabaretishness going on. You can't, you can't not have that with a character, with a lead character like that. So um, that that was the draw of the show, and it was beautiful. It was beautifully, beautifully done, cinematically, cinematography-wise, beautifully done. The way they, oh my gosh! And I just, I just love to see this kind of black excellence in 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 a in a, uh, in a liberal artistic form. You know what I'm saying? Where whereas we, you can see the quality of the cinematography. You know what I'm saying? Where there was a lot of uh, professionalism and thought into conveying a certain uh, uh, montage and image of what they want you to feel. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I don't, I'm, I don't want to talk too much about that. Um, it's beautiful, beautiful, very beautiful. Um, you know, from, you know, the, 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 the whole uh, storyline of Keyshawn and Lil Murder's tour, how that started and how it ended. Whoo! Um the relationship between Lil Murder and Teak. I don't want to spoil it. Um, and uh, a friend of mine also indicated a conspiracy between uh, a conspiracy between Lil Murder uh, uh, and, and Teak. You know what I mean? Uh, um, if, if, if you're listening and you don't want to hear the spoiler, then, you know, continue to fast forward or just turn it off altogether. But a friend of mine told you know told me that you know uh, Lil Murder that Teak didn't commit suicide that uh, Lil Murder killed him, um, but in you know the, the later episode, well later episodes Lil Murder confessed that he that he committed the suicide. So, um, but I didn't see how, like it didn't 
seemed too realistic for a little murder to want to kill him because he didn't you know that they they had a brotherly love even though they were lovers they were very brotherly um it made sense it only made sense for him to want to kill him is if you know him you know you know teak being alive would hold back his career as a rapper because teak is a very uh conflicted troubled violent guy you know what i'm saying um and it you know i think you know as let, let me let me get back to that later on um so so yeah it would make sense for little murder to want to kill him in that sense but i don't think f- for the arc of little murder's character i don't think he would do that you know what i mean that just doesn't seem reasonable for a character like that to do something like that to kill his own homeboy for for the sake of Getting him out of the way of his rap career and getting him out of the way out of the way of being with Uncle Clifford, nah. Especially not after he confessed the relationship to him, Uncle Uncle Clifford's relationship to to Teak. You know what I'm saying? Um, Keyshawn's plight. Keyshawn's plight is now Diamond's plight. You know what I'm saying? And I think I think and I was wondering. I was like, yo, what is the value of Diamond's character in this season? Like like they kind of let him linger along. You know what I'm saying? And now, and and he was very much the sex symbol, the male sex symbol on the show. You know what I'm saying? So I was just like, why are they letting him linger like this? What value does he have to the plot? And they kind of showed that. Um, They showed that towards the end. Um, I don't want to spoil that. Um, There's a war ensuing over Little Murder. Um, There was a, a character that was killed you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to spoil it. And there is a whole gang that uh, that that character was tied to that has is now has uh, beef with Little Murder. You know what I'm saying? So so now that's the setup for for season three. That's going to be the the setup for season three. I want to see how this carries on uh, going forward. Is it going to be the overarching theme of the show or of, of the season? Is it going to be the overarching theme of the season or is it just going to be like a few episodes carried out and then, you know, uh, uh, and then that'll be that, you know what I'm saying? So I'm interested to see what this war is going to look like for season three. Um, and every good, <laughs> every good television show has to have a good war. You got to have a good war. You, you know, um, The Wire had it, Game of Thrones had it. You know, uh, and 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 make the war span or cross episodes, right? Make it interesting. Make it make it worth our time, right? Every good every good television show always has to have a good war, right? Um, a lot a, a lot of people may be ashamed to say they watch a show like this. A lot of people may may be ashamed to say that they watch a show like this. Uh, this is the show. This is this is one of the one of the few television shows that have, that are mainstream and popular and tell the story uh, of the black underclass. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's always been a fascination with uh, the underground and the black market and things of that nature. We always love to see it glamorized in television and entertainment. You know, ever since the 20s, you know, gangsters were always glamorized. You would see those guys hopping out of those wagons with the uh, machine gun, with the drums attached to it, you know, spraying down a bank or a jewelry store. Right. You know what I'm saying? We, we always we, we love those depictions. You know, we love the Bonnie and Clyde. Right. Um, so the so, you know, 
the underclass of society is very we always have a fascination with criminality um but this is this this show necessarily isn't necessarily about criminality even though there's some criminal elements in it for the sake of you know um but it's not necessarily about criminality but it's, it's more so about uh you know a lifestyle it's more about a lifestyle of un, a underclass lifestyle that is kind of uh, um a little less dignified right and we we so it, it's kind of sh- it's unspoken a bit but in this show it's being brought to the surface if not glorified at least brought to the surface and talked about you know what i mean um so so yeah yes it's brought to the surface and talked about and you know we don't you know the black community you know is still struggling with talking about homosexuality let alone homosexuality amongst gangsters <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We we had that culture shock with the Omar character from The Wire, but this character, this little murder character, takes it to a whole nother level. A whole nother level. This is you know what I'm saying? Um and and you know, you kind of question did they go too far with their relation with, with his relationship with Uncle Clifford, showing so many, so many gay scenes, you know what I'm saying? But I think the goal is to just make it common and and because there's every time every time they got together i had to get up and walk away just let 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 the te- let the television play out and just get up and walk away i couldn't do it i couldn't do it i've heard um in my personal life i've heard stories of gay guys you know what i'm saying confessing that hey I, like when i see even like the i had a um i had a girl tell me like she had a, a her boss was gay and um he said it himself like even when he sees two guys kiss he still grimaces <laughs> you know so so yeah like it, it's 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 still pretty difficult it's still pretty awkward it's just it's just awkward i don't even think it's unacceptable or anything like that it's just awkward like you know what i'm saying like men kissing men like what you know so i think i think you know they're trying to normalize it especially they tried it with uh the Emp- on empire with the jesse smollett character you know what i'm saying they tried it uh, but this kind of takes it to another level. They ha- and then they have more freedom, you know what I'm saying? It's premium cable, so they can do a little more, you know? Um, but, you know, no one talks about, you know, what happens to these young black men who grow up in prison. You know what I'm saying? And they 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 spend their pubescent uh, teenage to young adult years never seeing a woman. Where do they... How do they find out about, you know what I'm saying, certain things uh, when it comes to, you know, sexuality? How do they un- how do they understand? How do they, you know, f- weed out the confusion of their sexuality and their intimacy when they never come in contact with a woman on that level in their development in such a developmental time? You know what I'm saying? Like. I, I still call myself a, a kid when I was in my early 20s. When I look look back at my early 20s, I was still a kid. I had so much to learn. So now imagine these young black men, you know what I'm saying, learning all of these things in prison. Oh, my God. And then they got to come out, and they got all of this love and respect and, 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 and reverence in the streets. And they're supposed to carry out this thughood, this thugginess. <laughs> Meanwhile, they was doing what they were doing in there, and they too ashamed to let the streets know. 
You know what I'm saying? And then there's always been rumors of it. You know, they come home and, and, and you know, word gets around. You know, guys are like, oh, I know it. I, yeah, he wasn't like that in there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You hear stories like, like this. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> but, you know, the black community, the, the, you think the black community don't talk about it. The streets don't talk about it. You know what I'm saying? These guys are like super thug gangster killer killers. You know what I'm saying? Who will blow your head off. But they're gay. <laughs> no one talks about it, right? But you know what I'm saying? And and like you and then there's some there's some parts of the country where it's more it's more um open and accepted than others. You know what I'm saying? I.e. uh New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? I uh, um, I have a homegirl who who sent her daughter off to college uh, in I think it's some part of Louisiana, if not New Orleans. And she just texted me not too long ago how she seen a guy, she seen two men with a with a full grown beards and dresses on kissing each other. You know what I'm saying? So the the confusion, the, the sexual confusion is real. The sexual confusion is real, and I I give kudos and flowers to this show for depicting this reality in a beautiful Moulin Rouge burlesque cabaret sort of way. You know what I'm saying? Depicting the realities of this, of the, the black underclass of the sex industry, you know, of the sex work industry. Not necessarily escorting. There was a, there was an escorting scene, but we're just, just, you know, the stripper black underclass, you know what I'm saying? And, and the world that revolves around that, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, sex. There's more to. There's more to this. To, there's more to sex work than just sex. You know, and I think a lot of. A lot of America can understand that. You know what I'm saying? It's the oldest profession in the book, and it's one of the first professions in this country. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's something we can't we can't turn our nose up at it. You know what I'm saying? So kudos to the show P Valley, and kudos to season two. That concludes our show. Remember to subscribe, like, and share. And if you appreciate the show, go ahead and show it in Cash App at Dollar Sign Prosperity ULLC. Join our new Patreon to receive free merchandise, books, and consultation from Prosperity ULLC. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Prosperity ULLC and continue to invest in the brand.